Maybe you've heard it said that sometimes you have to give something to get something. Well, I'm going to prove it to you mathematically on this episode of the Lion Boar Podcast. Adding a few new skills to your toolbox and choosing to see things differently can radically change your life for the better. That's what this podcast is all about. Welcome to the Lion Boar Podcast. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Lion Boar Podcast. My name is Tori Zimmerman. I'm your host, and uh, I, I just have to tell you, uh, I am stoked about this week's episode because I really do feel like I'm doing you a favor by taking on this critical topic. Today, we're going to talk about why it's often necessary to give something in order to get something, although that's counterintuitive for most of us, especially when we're in the middle of a difficult and emotional conflict. It's sometimes mathematically necessary to give something in order to get something. When we're arguing or fighting with someone, our instinct is to guard everything that we have with our lives. Sure, we might be willing to take the high road and discuss possible solutions to our conflict, but we're really not usually inclined to offer up anything that we have to others. We are much more likely to try to preserve what we have with the hopes of getting more in the process. But sometimes we really do have to give something to get something. And I'm going to argue that point on principle. But beyond that, I'm even going to prove it to you mathematically by way of an illustration today. So again, thanks for joining me. Uh, let me just say Happy New Year uh, for, for many people. And I know you're probably getting tired of hearing this. If you have any act uh, interaction with social media, you are probably very aware that everyone is saying goodbye to 2020 and hello to 2021 with uh, a certain amount of anticipation. Uh, 2020 was a difficult year for lots of people, uh, for lots of different reasons. And so allow me to welcome you to 2021 on the Lineboard podcast. I'm excited that you're here with me. This, uh, particular concept that we're going to talk about today is, is probably one that most people have heard before this idea that you have to give something to get something. So why don't more of us seem to act on it? Is it that we really don't believe that it works or that it's necessary? Is it, is it that giving something to get something is just too hard? Is it that we're too scared or too angry or too jealous or too something else? Why is it that we are so hardwired to hold on to everything we have rather than to understand that doing that often leads to us missing opportunities? It leads to, to our missing a chance to gain something more that we don't yet have. In this episode, I want to recognize that our emotions often get in the way of our best interests when it comes to negotiating our way through conflict with someone else. Whether it's fear or doubt or anger or jealousy or some other emotion, we have a hard time seeing past it long enough to do what we have to do in order to make progress. We, as human beings, are creatures who are heavily influenced by our emotions. That's no secret, I think, for most of us. So how do we get those emotions under our control rather than allowing them to control us. Well, I believe that we are also creatures with minds of our own, brains that understand logic and that can process information. We use our minds to reason and to plan and to evaluate our options. It, it, it's not that emotion isn't important. It serves a critical function, but we are more than the sum total of our emotions. And let's face it, in the absence of facts, there are times of acting only on our emotions that can get us into trouble, aren't there? For most of us who've experienced heavy conflict with other people, I think we probably would agree that in a lot of cases, maybe the facts uh, are where our disagreement begins, but our emotions 
and the the world of our emotions is where things tend to spin and spiral out of control. So today I want to discuss the importance of balancing our emotions with our intellect. Really the importance of checking our hearts by way of our heads. When we feel threatened or angry or otherwise insecure, our emotions might say, you know, protect yourself. Don't allow somebody else who's threatening you to get the upper hand. Don't give them an inch or they will take a foot. But sometimes in certain situations, particularly in conflict situations, giving paves the way for resolution. I don't want you to miss that. Sometimes in conflict situations, are giving something paves the way for resolution. Just as emotions can get in the way of agreement, sometimes so too do the facts of a particular disagreement. In those cases, the path to agreement may require that someone gives something. There's a great illustration that I want to share with you. And I just, I, I love walking people through this one, not only because it is so effective at conveying this idea that sometimes giving something, adding something into a conflict is necessary before anybody can take anything out of it, but because it's also sort of a humorous illustration and not haha funny, but uh, I think a lot of people that hear this particular story wind up chuckling at the end because they're surprised. They're surprised at how the conflict in this particular story gets resolved. I first heard this story told in a video uh, by a gentleman by the name of William Urey, who is a world-class negotiator and mediator, uh, a member of Harvard's program on negotiation, and has a tremendous amount of experience mediating difficult cases between countries, warring factions, uh, other political bodies, and working generally in environments where the stress level is very high. And uh, Mr. Yuri told this story, uh, and as he indicated, it comes out of uh, possibly uh, an ancient time, uh, and it goes something like this. There was a man who uh, was fairly wealthy, but when he died, uh, he had three sons, and he left uh, to his three sons 17 camels. He specified that the oldest son was to receive one half of the camels, the middle son was to receive one third of the camels, and the youngest son was to receive one ninth of the camels. Now, if you are at all mathematically astute, which I'm generally not, I actually need some help with this uh, when I first heard it. Uh, but if you're more mathematically inclined or astute than I am, you know that 17 camels cannot be divided by two. We can't, uh, we don't want fractions of camels. So 17 camels can't be divided by two. It also can't be divided by three. So we can't figure out how many a third would be. Uh, and it's also impossible to divide it evenly by nine. So we don't know what a ninth of 17 camels would be. So the three sons uh, who were to, to uh, divide these 17 camels amongst them based upon the will left by their uh, dearly departed father found themselves in a difficult conflict situation. And over time, they, they grew more frustrated with one another. Each one tried to make an argument of why the others should be willing to give up one or more of their camels in order to resolve the dispute. It got very ugly. And it went from a quandary based on math and became further complicated by all the emotions. And so these sons uh, ended up very angry with one another. Finally, one of them suggested wisely, I would argue, that they needed some help resolving this dispute. And so they sought out the assistance of uh, a, an older, more seasoned, and uh, very wise member of their community. And this old gentleman sat and thoughtfully listened to their uh, to their case, understanding that their father's wish was for them to divide up the 17 camels in a particular way. And I sort of envision him kind of thoughtfully stroking his long gray seasoned beard 
and wisely considering the dilemma. And then he spoke up and he said this, I don't have much to give you. I'm not a wealthy man, but I can share my wisdom and experience with you. And I do have one camel of my own that I'm willing to give you. Well, the boys sort of looked at each other and understanding that that would have brought their camel count from 17 camels up to 18 camels, they sort of reworked the math. Well, the oldest son who is to receive one half of the camels realized that 18 divided by two uh, is possible and he could receive nine of the camels. The middle son who is to receive one third of the camels realized that it's also possible to divide 18 by three in which case he would receive six of the camels. And the youngest son also realized that it's possible to divide 18 by nine. So he could receive one ninth of the camels. That would give him two. And if you're paying attention now, you know that nine plus six plus two is 17 camels. When you subtract the 17 camels the boys now had from the 18 camels they started out with, uh, including the one given them by the wise old gentleman, there's one left over, which they quickly returned to the old gentleman And he had his camel and they each had their camels and everybody went upon their merry way. It is such a, it's such a great story because in listening to it, you realize that this dilemma, although it may have eventually become a difficult dilemma, uh, further complicated by emotions, it started out a mathematical problem. Many of our conflicts might fall into this category. They start out mathematical problems, but it's the, the frustration that comes about as we, try to come to agreement that creates opportunity for loss of trust, for frustrating each other. And before we know it, we have something that's more emotional than it is factual. So how do you know if your situation is a 17 camels situation? How do you know if yours is one that can be solved by giving something so that everyone can get something. Well, we're gonna work through that and much, much more right after this short break. I'm Tori Zimmerman for the Lion Boar Podcast. Welcome back to the Lion Boar Podcast. My name is Tori Zimmerman, your host, We've been talking about uh, occasions when our emotions get in the way and when uh, we're confused about the facts of a particular conflict situation or how to move through those facts in order to seek resolution. The fact is, many of our conflicts begin over facts, or at least our understanding of the facts. Now, this is really important. I think it's fair to say that often our understanding of the facts can be wrong. If we're not diligent, we're not careful, uh, our understanding of the facts can be wrong. But even if we perceive the facts correctly and our conflict begins over simple facts, disputes have a way of devolving along emotional lines, don't they? Let me explain what what I mean by that, maybe by way of an example. Let's say that you and I, uh, in addition to our full-time jobs, each own one half interest in a food truck. You have to forgive me. It's uh, it's almost lunchtime as I'm recording this. So my mind goes uh, immediately to things like food trucks. Uh, okay. So here's the deal. Our food truck business is making some profit. Okay. But I happen to believe that we can make more. And, uh, and as a result, I'm really excited to promote and expand our food truck business. So I tell you that I want to spend some of our proceeds, our profits on new and better advertising. 
Yeah, I've got all kinds of great ideas. I've got ideas for social media advertising and for kind of guerrilla advertising where we show up in neighborhoods and we do giveaways and we uh, we work with uh, partner businesses to promote our food truck and all kinds of things. I've got tons of ideas and I want to spend some of our profits, our hard-earned profits, uh, on better advertising. You object. Okay, which which surprises me. And you tell me that we should just keep things the way they are. After all, we're making some money and we should be satisfied with that. Uh, so you you tell me that you do not approve of uh, and are not willing to spend any of our profits on improving our advertising. Well, I find that frustrating. I, I don't understand. I, it seems to me like you're being heavy handed. Uh, I don't I don't get what's going on now. Unbeknownst to me. You just lost your full-time job. Okay. So your objection to spending some of our profits on more advertising is based on your belief that you need your share of those current profits in order to survive. Okay. You see spending that money on advertising that may or may not actually bring in any more business as an unnecessary risk. But from my perspective, I don't understand your position. I mean, this is extra money after all. And why not spend a little bit of it? I mean, after all, every business owner knows that you have to spend money to make money, right? I mean, that's a that's a that's a fact that most business owners are aware of. So, I I let this this uh, conflict that we're experiencing start to eat away at me, and over a little bit of time, I start to resent your resistance. You know, and actually, I'm I'm getting angry because I've got a bigger vision for my future, and you are literally literally preventing progress. Right. I mean, you're you're keeping both of us from moving forward. So how do we get through this? After all, we have a disagreement that is based largely on facts, right? On math, on something as basic as your felt need to survive. Well, first, I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you a three steps because three is kind of a magic number when it comes to remembering things. So first, we agree to set our emotions aside temporarily in order to analyze the facts. Okay, we first come to agreement on the need to get all the facts influencing our conflict on the table, right? So we sit down based on on this decision that first we're going to agree to set our emotions aside temporarily and and come to some common understanding of the facts. So we sit down. So I tell you that I want to increase our profits. And you tell me in return that you're fearful of losing the profits we've already worked so hard to earn, especially in light of your job loss. And my jaw drops. Because your job loss is news to me. And it is factual news that changes everything. After all, I'm not unreasonable. I thought I was weighing all the facts, but I was unaware of your job loss. So you were perhaps viewing, viewing me as cavalier with our money, right? Willing to throw money around uh, and take unnecessary risks. I'm viewing you as as uh, just, just frankly being frustrating and ridiculous and how you're pushing back at something that I view as an opportunity. And you're not wanting to take any any risks at all. And... You know, so you're mad at me. I'm mad at you. I wasn't unreasonable. To me, the funds were extra and you weren't unreasonable to you. They were necessary for survival. That is why it's so important to make sure that we are all considering the same body of facts. Let me say that again. It is critical that everybody sitting around the conflict table is, and in this case, the negotiating table, make sure everybody is considering the same body of facts. Okay. That's number one. We agree to set our emotions aside temporarily in order to analyze the facts, making sure everybody is working on the same page. Okay. Second, we clarify our needs and wants. Okay. In this case, I want additional profits. 
I want to build this business. I want to grow things. I want to, you know, I'm, I'm all excited. I see nothing but opportunity. I mean, the birds are singing and the sky is blue and there's big fluffy clouds up there and it's a beautiful day. And I see nothing but happy, uh, exciting future for our food truck business. You look at it and say, we are just barely eking by at a level that can put some groceries on your table and that's it. Okay. So I want additional profits. You want and need security is sustenance, right? We need to clarify those needs and wants. Why is that so important? Because if I'm reasonable and you're reasonable and we are setting our negative emotions aside for the time being, an important part of negotiating is trying to help the other person or people in your conflict to walk away with something that they want or need. Okay, so you have to clarify what they want or need before you can help them try to get it. Again, this is very counterintuitive because, as I mentioned earlier, our tendency in conflict situations is to try to hold on to everything that we have. But sometimes we can give up things that are less important to us to help somebody else get something that's more important to them. And in turn, they can give up something that's less important to them that might be more important to us. But none of that can be done until we clarify real, honest-to-goodness needs and wants. Okay, so that's step number two. Step number three, we work together to build one or more options that take the facts into account and that seek to fulfill as many of those needs and wants that we figured out as we possibly can. Okay. So here's how it works in our, in our scenario here. In this case, I acknowledge that I'm the one who wants to advertise more, not you. You're not. You want to hold on to those funds because you're trying to you're trying to you're trying to substitute now this this extra income we've been getting. This has become your primary income. So not surprisingly, you are wanting to be a little bit more conservative, and that makes perfect sense. So I'm the one who wants to advertise more and take some risks with this extra money. So while I was envisioning using extra profits for the advertising, uh, you're not seeing that we have extra profits. Not to be dramatic, but they are to you essential for survival. So here's what I propose as we're building options together. I propose that I sacrifice my share of the extra profits to increase advertising recognizing that you may not want to do the same thing and that's okay. We figure out a way to use the, the extra profits that I'm willing. If we're going to divide our profits evenly or along the lines of our investment in the food truck, however we want to do it, I take my share and I invest it in uh, extra advertising. And then if that sacrifice pays off and our business increases in a measurable, measurable way because of the extra money we're spending on advertising, then there's some options. You can either pay me back for the advertising in exchange for your share of the profits, of the new profits, or I would just simply receive more of those new profits because I, I invested more in the additional advertising, right? I mean, there are things we can do that don't cost you anything extra. If you want to earn more and are willing to sacrifice, then you can, you and I can work together and we can both sacrifice. If you don't want to sacrifice, I don't expect you to, I will sacrifice. But then I think fairly, I would expect to gain any yield that comes from that sacrifice, anything good that comes from it. Okay. So, but, but how do we even have these conversations before we first agree on the same body of facts that we're working from, uh, agreeing to set our emotions aside so they don't get in the way. Second, clarifying our needs and wants so we know why the person across the table from us is arguing what they're arguing or displaying the passion that they're displaying, right? When we get the facts straight and we agree on needs and wants, what we sometimes call uh, interests, uh, all of a sudden these conflict situations start to come into focus and it's, they start to make more sense. So what about those emotions, right? I, I said that we were going to set them aside uh, temporarily. What about them? What happened to them? So was I angry? Yes. 
I was angry with you for what I perceived to be you trying to hold back our success. And I acknowledge that and, and share those feelings with you, right? And in doing so, you have an opportunity to explain that there were facts I was missing, right? So my honestly sharing my emotions actually created an opportunity for you to explain facts that I was missing. When I received those facts, namely that you had lost your full-time job, I realized that you weren't being difficult, but that you were trying to protect yourself. The emotions are important in these situations, but we cannot let them run things, right? In this case, the emotions are important to motivate a discussion, but it turns out they didn't actually have anything to do with our actual disagreement. And how did we eventually make way through the disagreement? Well, I found a way to give, uh, could just as easily have been you, had the, the tables been turned and the roles reversed. In this case, I found a way to give so that we could both get what we wanted and needed. You were able to retain your portion of the extra earnings, and I was able to spend uh, my portion to try to increase advertising. So, But before that, before we figured out what the interests were and came to an agreement on how to proceed, the math didn't work out, right? Unless I gave more, nothing more was going to happen. And unless we came to a mutual understanding of the facts, we were going to continue to allow emotions to rule the day and we were going to be frustrated with each other. This is how conflict works so often. Our emotions often lead us to draw a line in the sand. To say, I'm not giving another inch or another dime or another minute to this person, whatever the case may be. But in all too many cases, giving is exactly what's necessary to move a conflict forward. But how do we get past all the emotions, the emotions that lead us to hold on to what we have and not give? Well, we work to set our emotions aside temporarily so we can evaluate the facts. Then we clarify the needs and wants, sometimes called the interests, of everybody in the conflict. And then we work together to build options for resolving the conflict based on the facts and interests that have become clear as we've discussed with a cool and calm and collected head. Okay? If you take the time to follow these three simple guidelines, you'll often be able to avoid e emotional overreaction, right? And actually make progress toward resolving the conflict. This process of taking time to understand the facts and then ask, what can I give to resolve this conflict? Those are two practices that can change our lives, that can greatly decrease the impact of our conflict, the negative impact, and, and increase the opportunity that we experience in them. They are practices that can change our lives. In our next episode, we're going to talk more about practicing peace, these daily habits and patterns that foster peacefulness and that minimize negative impact of conflict and that maximize the opportunities in them. So be sure to join us next week for that and more. And until then, I'm Tori Zimmerman for the Lion Boar Podcast. <laughs>